Hello and welcome to the 111th roundup of the PPC Chat Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5pm GMT. I'm your host Anu, I'm the founder of MindSwan, a company through which I aim to share my ideas about paid search, especially automation, paid media and my passion for doing digital reporting well through a tool that is already on everybody's laptop. Yes, that's right, it's Microsoft Excel. So if you want a free consultancy about what I can do for you in regards to paid media, implementing scripts or even just cutting your spend on your data analysis tool, why don't you send me a message at hello at mindswan.com or get to me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram with the handle mindswanppc even. Um, And yeah, we even like this um, roundup now has its own Instagram profile, which you can find at PPC chat underscore Twitter underscore roundup, um, where I give snippets of some of our podcasts, some of the quotes in image form, and um, yeah, just some nice little pictures of me and some of the photo shoots I've done and just sharing my ideas again about, you know, page search, paid media automation, Excel even as well. I love Excel very much. Um, So yeah, please check that out and keep supporting. Thank you. Um, So yeah, this week I'm recording from my lovely home um, with a beautiful view of my garden. And I just love that, you know, every day I come out and see new colors. I've got reds and purples and oranges just blossoming out blossoming out there and some white flowers from my tree so yeah it's definitely a nice season to um be sat to be working from home and um yeah seeing these views out there so in this week's discussion we have mark kennedy um return leading us on a topic um on local PPC. So all those things that you do when you're trying to optimize your campaigns for a particular location. Um, there's definitely some strategies that, you know, may seem straightforward for, but, but, um, also I imagine like some of the strategies that will be new to you, um, where you can learn new things and take some great takeaways. Um, so yeah, I hope you find that to be the case. And, um, on this, um, on this uh, uh, recording, on this this, this uh, podcast, the 111th podcast, I'm going to start a new thing um, where I'd like to actually give a quiz, uh, you know, do a bit of a quiz, give a question. Um, so not like a proper like full 5, 10 question quiz, but more like just give a one question based around our topic. Um, and um, yeah, I will give the answer at the end of the podcast. So I hope this takes on and you guys enjoy this. So our question today is going to be based on local PPC. And um, I'm sure you, you know, part of local PPC is a strategy that you do as part of local PPC is doing location extensions. So my question is, when was locations extensions introduced by Google? So as I said, listen to the end to get your answer. So anyway, let's get into it. Um, the questions as, as, as uh, Mark Kennedy gives us our questions um, for today about local PPC. So he starts off with our first question, dives right in. He does say hi, gives gives the guys a few minutes, but no introductory. How are you questions? It's all it's all about the local PPC um, this week. So Mark asks, let's start with an ad copy. Other than headline one, what ways are you using ads for local PPC campaign? Um, and yeah, Gil Hong replies to that one saying, making sure users know my client has a local presence, also trying to escape the formulaic serving, insert city name <laughs> into there. I think we've all experienced the frustration of bad experiences from national, international ads on local searches. Julie Bicini replies to this one saying, location extensions are a must for local PPC. You can use ad text and or call out extensions to highlight service areas too. 
We've got Sarah Scarf replying to that saying location extensions all day long so that searchers can see a physical location advert and a local phone number if that is being served. I also really like the in-store overlay in Google Shopping. And um, yeah, I replied to question one as well. Daniel Vardy goes, dynamic insertions of location name typically works well. I did actually realize you could do that. So yeah, apparently you can do dynamic insertions of location. So yeah, that's a good one. Um, and then yeah, Mike quickly goes on to question two saying, um, yeah, along the lines of ad copy, what are your strategies for ad extensions? Um, yeah, we talk a lot about extensions earlier this month and um, what are your go-tos for local campaigns? So yeah, a few weeks ago, our topic was on ad extensions. I think it was a Mark Kennedy topic as well. Um, so yeah, you know, it's all about extensions well, all about how you can um, leverage locations and I'm sure it's not just location extensions you can use to do that and then Mark answers question two saying local extensions in the map pack are a must and 99% of the time the phone extensions are a must as well and like with ad copy you can local with call outs open now or, or the weekends serving city etc so yeah open now all the weekends serving a certain city in brackets um and then jennifer williamson replies to question one saying location extensions and ad customizers with location names ah so that's how you do dynamic location using ad customizers ah i should know that come on Annie. um sarah scarf replies to question two saying location extensions with a local phone number using the feature for attract number in gmb are always a must with a local campaign Julie Bicini replies to question two saying location extensions, call extensions and call out extensions, emphasizing local nature of the business, locations, etc. Site link extensions, if you have more than one location in the area, cause because sometimes Google sucks at showing the right locations to searchers. Yep, I agree with that. Um, and Gil Hong replies to question two saying same strategy that I would any campaign use as many extensions as possible to increase ad rank and real estate. And we get a bit of a sidebar question here from Mark where he asked, this wasn't in my original list of questions, but since some of you mentioned call extensions, are you using third-party call tracking software or just Google's data? Sarah replies to this saying, I've used a few different third-party call tracking companies that integrate into Google ads. It's typically more accurate than Google's data, but never seems to match up exactly with what they show in their own interface. Um, Julie replies, um, beware if you use call tracking numbers that they can get randomly disapproved again and again. For some reason, that completely escapes me. You can mitigate that by have by having google search console connected to the account that's very very good advice there <laughs> that's the usual from julie and sarah replies we've definitely had this before nightmare julie replies it's the worst and just too dumb can they really not handle tracking numbers in 2020 really um yeah so yeah sam replies well i mean it's google why fix it when you'll spend money even when it's broken <laughs> that is so true google should stop with used to really work with that whole reputation of them just keeping on doing things um yeah if just for the sake of the money um kevin adam replies to yeah mark's original question about call tracking and saying call rail or call tracking metrics where possible but in other cases just google data um, mark kennedy replied us too don't forget the ppc chat tag so others can
can't see it. Um, yeah, that's really great. Thanks for that note, Mark. Dogar Thomas replies, um, I've used call rail before. And if you're actually doing something with the data, it's invaluable to be able to score leads. But rhetorically, you know you're not doing anything but time qualifying calls. Just use Google's tracking and spot confirm with the client. Tim Jensen replies, um, yeah, I agree with this. Call tracking software is great if you use the features um, to their full potential. Otherwise, it's a hefty expense if you're not. Um, Lindsay Casey replies to question to the question about call tracking, saying um, we're using call tracking metrics. Daniel Vardy replies, we use call rail. Um, yeah, and then going on to um, our, yeah, our main questions here and our main answers um, for the chat. Sam replies to question one saying location extensions are a must do. Dynamic insertions of location names work well, as well as in-store overlays products. I also like structured call out snippets for specific offices, professional services. That's a good one. Jennifer Williamson replies location extensions and call extensions also call out extensions for certain things. Some locations offer different or more services than others, a store, specific promos, etc. And in reply to question two, we've got Sam saying this depends on the type of business, but all, almost always it includes site link extensions, location, call extensions. Sometimes I'll use a services call out extensions at the ad group level. I loathe account wide ones <laughs> for products in store overlays. And then he continues, we use call rail or Ringba, depending on the client's CRM tech stack. Um, sometimes things don't play nicely, so it's good to have options. And yeah, and that's in reply to what call tracking, tracking extensions they use. Um, and so Mark Kennedy replies, um, gives us question three, even let's talk campaign structure, strategy. How are you focusing on areas that may outperform others? Um, Gil Hong replies to that saying, break out specific areas into their own campaigns if they need their own budgets. Otherwise, use location bid adjustments. Also, be sure to look at mobile or desktop tablet performance to see if there were, if either warrant segmentations as well. Um, Kevin Adams replies, for locations that support phone calls, I use a different mobile call to action on that on desktop um, with an if statement to change dynamically. Two campaign types for local, one targeted to each city with generic local keywords, the next targeted to DMAs with, spe with city-specific keywords. And Sarah Scarf replies to question three saying um, location bid adjustments are always good. We use them in areas where we want maximum coverage. So areas around the physical locations. And we also use them uh, to target particular areas of weakness. Handy when your clients are targeted based on the areas of influence. Um, and then, yeah, Mark Kennedy himself replies to that saying there are two ways we use them, use the most either local bid adjustments or if we want specific budgets, we'll break a campaign out um, by locations um, and budget or bid appropriately. So we may bid higher for the same keywords in two different areas. Um, Jennifer Williamson replies to question three saying local bid adjustments right now, but I have I have done separate campaigns for different locations in the past when budget per locations was strict. And then we've got some um, Julie Bicini going, um, yeah, this is a complicated, this is complicated to answer. Um, and then she goes, if you break out too small geographically, campaigns suffer as Google is not that great at physically, at physically locating people. And you have to exclude like crazy to get, to get it to even kind of work like you want. So yeah, don't split out too much, but split out to a certain extent, extent. 
Um, and then, yeah, she continues. That being said, if there are areas that really outperform others consistently, I do like to break them out from the pack into their own campaigns. The recently in category of people further adds to the murkiness. And then we've got um, Sarah Scarf replying to um, Julie Bicini, where Julie had said, if you break out too small geographically, campaigns suffer as Google is not that great at physically locating people. Sarah replies to that, I try and avoid doing this as much as possible as it doesn't work well based on based on past experience. Um, but there's always someone who wants to spend X per location or store. Um, yeah, Julie replies to that. It also depends on a lot on how far apart the locations are. If they are on opposite sides of the same town, it is different than if they have locations across multiple countries or city plus its suburbs. Um, and she continues, and it is um, an area I am not personally familiar with. I always try to ask about how the people who live there think about geographic divisions. They do not always match up with business locations. You have to post position your locations in terms of that, in terms that your audiences uses. And in reply to question three, we've got Sam saying, if you're using any automated strategy, location bid adjustments don't work except for max clicks um, plus TSPL. And I'm not sure what that acronym means. So you're stuck with segmenting at the campaign level, but that can really shrink audiences too. You still need a catch all. And three, it's a PITA. Um, so Peter, um, and he continues also granularly, granular granularity even comes into play quickly if you're trying to segment across a couple locations in the same town the geo units of granularity don't make sense if it's a hundred stores across the u.s it can make sense to do regional breakouts and then we've got mark kennedy replying saying also breakout helps scale with large campaigns national dealers franchises um and then yeah mark again gives us question four saying along the lines of account structure do you typically target by zip city or town or radius yes it depends it is a valid answer um and then yeah reply to that we've got sarah scarf going um it varies depending on the client but i've used a combination of each of these we have noticed that in the uk several postcode districts are missing from the targeting though um from the targeting though which can be a headache um so kevin and adams reply city town dma and sometimes county um and Gil Hong replies saying, I try to follow the client on what's important to them. This typically aligns with how they think of um, geos for other marketing strategies. And then in reply to question four, we've got Julie Bicini going, ever since having an experience where I was targeting by county and the queries didn't serve if you put in service plus zip codes in this country, I add both for targeting. I err on adding more elements that might cover the, the same actual geo. This is for my setup. Um, and then Mark replies to that, I do the same thing. I also tend to overlap um, a, rad a radii on zip on zips if possible, maybe overkill, but but again, I tend to see more active on a radius with zip, not so much for city though. And in reply to um, question four, we've got um, Jennifer Williamson saying it depends, but I've done it a few different ways. I have one client in the upper Midwest where locations are so spread out that I use radius plus zip codes to cover reasonable user behavior as well as outside sales zones for each location. And in, in reply to question four, Sam replies, um, it depends. I tend to be in the Julie Bicini camp where I'll add a larger region and zip codes and a radius. Redundancies don't hurt, but missed opportunities do. 
And I really do like that answer because, yeah, you can just start big with your targeting and then just keep refining until you get the perfect targeting. And that's how you keep bringing down your CPCs. It's almost like doing, um, you know, BMM keywords, broad match keywords um, alongside exact match keywords and keep refining by taking keywords that are showing up in the BMM uh, against the BMM um, ad groups um, with your SQRs and then adding them as exact matches. And then as time goes on, you know what are the better CPC keywords. You make sure you're not missing out on any volumes. Um, and then, yeah, when you refine it enough, you can pause those BMM ad groups. And the nice, another nice side note that we've got from Julie Bicini where is where she said, um, I also like to remind clients that you are paying for this traffic. So let's put most of the dollars where people convert for those who might possibly become a customer. If the stars align on the third Thursday of an odd numbered month, let organic take that. Uh, Mark replies, yeah, you have, you have to take ego out of it. And they tend not to realize that even if they will take far away customers the customers might not be willing to come that far for them Julie continues or they might not want to book a plumbing or HVAC appointment with someone who is two counties away they might if there is an emergency and you're the only one who calls back and this is um, about spending funds where they are likely to get the greatest return um, Gil Hong replies root optimizations can definitely play a factor for on-call businesses that don't have a huge fleet um, and then we got Mark Kennedy replying to question five saying, let's talk keywords. Do you tend to run your keywords in your area without town names with or both? Example, Philadelphia furniture store versus furniture store. Um, and in reply to that, we've got Kevin Adams going, each specialty has own ad group in each campaign using generic city targeted versus location targeted campaign movers and piano movers versus Miami movers and Miami piano movers. Extensions by specialty, baby grands, doesn't go in commercial movers. Low surge volume is tricky. Um, and then, yeah, LSV is the worst, Julie replies. You have a great account structure based on client's priorities and you build it and then 80% comes back. LSV, it's always a huge bummer. Gil Hong replies to question five saying, we use both also needs to be mindful of any any slang or nicknames people have for towns and neighborhoods, especially Philadelphia and Philly. So yeah, so all these acronyms uh, and things are, yeah, um, yeah, because town names don't don't come back uh, the same. Sarah Scarf replies, I run both in separate ad groups so they can have different creatives and advert extensions. And in reply to question five, Mark himself goes, we run both in separate ad groups, main terms versus local terms, especially if there are multiple towns, but you have to use ad group negatives to prevent the main terms overriding the local terms. Um, Sarah Scarf replies, I run both in separate ad groups so they can have different creatives and advert extensions. Jennifer Williamson reply, both in different ad groups. Um, and then, yeah, Julie herself replies, I will put keywords and town's names in, in, in initially, but more often than not, they are all or mostly low search volume. Um, that's what she means by LSV, low search volumes. It is clear to me that Google really does not want you to include the geo modifiers in keywords. Mark replies to that, right, Google is forcing the core higher CPC terms, which is why I try and push back with ad group negatives in the core ad groups, but you still get low volume so lsv means low search volume so yeah given that answer that um julie 
gave LSV low surge volume is the worst. <laughs> so yeah, so when you have a great account structure, um, yeah, a lot of it can come back with low surge volumes, which really is a bummer for this. Um, and yeah, Mark then goes as a follow-up to question five. Um, does anyone run just local terms and not core terms? I don't think there's enough traffic in most cases to warrant that unless a small budget, but curious if anyone does. And in reply to that, we've got Sarah Scarf going, I've definitely tried this usually because of manufacturer requirements, um, but have typically been um, scuppered by low search volume. Um, and then Yamar Kennedy replies, I'm seeing that as well. And Gil Hongoli, only in specific circumstances, like with local e-com. And then we've got John Kagan replying to question three, saying, when possible, I isolate campaigns by geography. Um, allows for better messaging, personalization and analyzing data and deployment by time of day and local environment. To question four, he goes anything with brick and mortar locations. It is by radius or zip code at a minimum. Um, and then to question five, he says both. Always interesting to see what wins. And in reply to question six, which is, um, I believe, yeah, he's that, that's his follow-up, Mark's follow-up answer to question five, um, in the way he's put it, um, how did he put it again? As a follow-up, does anyone just run run just look local terms and not core terms? Um, and in reply to that, Jennifer goes, for locations that are in closer proximity to each other, I'm fairly aggressive with both negative locations and keywords. Julie replies, I negative everything I do not want. That includes countries and states for sure, and I will do counties if I'm not doing all in states and towns too, if you don't, your ads will show in many places you think you are not testing. Um, Sam replies, depending on the client, the setup, um, regional versus single campaign, anywhere from moderate to extremely aggressive. And my bad, we actually had a proper question six here. Mark had actually asked, switching over to defense, how aggressive are you with adding negative locations, if at all, and negative town names? So yes, Jennifer, <laughs> to replies to that, for locations, they are, they are close in proximity to each other. I am fairly aggressive with both negatives. Julie replies, I negative everything I do not want. That includes countries and states for sure. Um, Sam replies, depending on the client plus the setup, anywhere from moderate to extremely aggressive. Sarah Scarf replies to that saying, um, we had to do this as standard when I was working in automotive um, because otherwise nearby franchises owned, owned by different dealer groups would complain to the franchise. Again, on occasion, negative location targeting doesn't work. So we always backed it up with negative keywords. Julie replies, continues on um, his, his, her reply to question six saying, I started with new client last year and they were sold that they were targeting very specifically by town. Setup would appear that they would be, that that would be the case. Nope, ads were cross-serving because um, there we we had no minimal location exclusions. Take the time to do it. Gil Hong replies question six, saying more aggressive on negative geos, but less aggressive on negative geo keywords unless they're strict servicing errors. Julie replies, continues her reply to question six, saying make lists of exclusions like I have one for all the states and countries. If you do the work once for countries or town, keep a sheet with the data so you don't have to compile it again. That's what keeping lists are all about. Put it on an Excel sheet. 
John Kagan replies to question six saying, I do a lot of healthcare health insurance brands with strict guidelines as well as franchisee clients. So the zip codes exclusion gets heavy. I wish for a day with radius exclusions. Um, Mark Kennedy then replies to question seven saying, final questions. How aggressive are you with local landing pages as far as per area? Do you have multiple landing pages for each of zips, groups or areas, etc.? Feel free to mention any local PPC landing page tips. Um, and then he replies to question seven there saying, I tend to group them. For example, if I have three zips in one town, I'll use a town landing page, not a landing page for each zip. I tend to like regional where I can as well city or county. But in some cases, we have to get specific on each page. And then Kevin Adams replies to question seven, saying many cities and specialties for one client had landing page for each city and one for each specialty. Couldn't decide if specialty or city mattered most. I had WP plugin, so that's WordPress plugin, built that dynamically created city plus specialty for all combos. Usually, I just do city landing page versus specialty. Sarah Scarf replies to question seven, saying this used to be a massive bone of contention in the agency I used to work with. We used to run local campaigns and send all the traffic to the homepage. In my opinion, it would have made sense to use the dealer contact pages as the landing page and make those into location micro sites. Yeah, like the sound of that. Um, and then Julie replies question seven saying, um, there should be some local elementary landing pages. You want it to match to your targeting and not to be so specific that if it shows to just outside your target, it might turn people off. Dynamic page elements can be great for this. Jennifer replies question seven saying, I'd love tips on this one. I've had clients with specific landing pages for each location that have just general store info and clients with just one landing page for all brick and mortar store info about 10 stores that were spread across different regions. Oh, that sounds painful. And then we've got another answer from Julia for question seven saying, put information about your, lo your other locations in all of your landing pages if you can. That way, if the location isn't quite the right match, they can see the location that should have matched better. Yeah, I think that's such a very good landing page optimization. So like conversion rate optimization um, advice there. And um, I think that's really good for us to be seeing. Um, so yeah, those are our answers for, um, you know, for local PPC today. I hope you've got some good, good Gotcha, it's taking some great takeaways um, from this even. Um, yeah, that was a lot of information about local strategies. I'm not really doing much on local strategies. That's why I didn't really give much answers, but I've got some really great tips for what I can do for any future clients that I'll be working on. Um, and then going now, if you I hope you've not forgotten the fact that we did, um, I did a quiz um, when I started um, to where I asked the question, when, um, in what year, is it going what year or when, if you just put a year, that's fine. <laughs> but when um, was location extensions introduced by Google? Um, and the answer is that it was introduced in 2017. And to be specifically, it started in March 2017. Um, and this comes from like, I, I got a very nice article from Geospatial World that says Google has added location extensions to its AdWords services, which automatically includes information like a store's location, photos, business hours, etc. So yes, from 2017, 
around March time, you were able to add location extensions to your search ads as well as your display campaigns. Um, so yeah, I hope you got that correct. Sorry, no prizes for now. If you got that correct or wrong, well, maybe that's something we think about doing in the future. Um, so yeah, I hope you've enjoyed that, taking some great takeaways um, as to what to do in terms of um, local PPC or extensions or structures or how to do ad copy as well as what to do um, on the landing pages. Um, that's definitely a chat for your clients. So hope you've had um, enjoyed this time as much as I have. And um, if you want to chat about this topic or any paid media or data analysis solutions, do get in touch with me by sending me an email at hello at mindswan.com. And don't forget to um, get on our Instagram page, ppcchat underscore Twitter underscore roundup to get the snippets, to see when new episodes have been released and, and just to get some great quotes from our experts. So remember for your campaigns and businesses to glide smoothly, there's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface. So keep your swans kicking. Bye.